0: Away from gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill, Gets ah! the ball! Ah! Milder, Milder scored. Milder scored in the corner. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Stick around to hear me chat with Chris Waring and Daniel Friend about the Bulldog spine, the Montoya incident. The Knights' fading hopes and the Tigers' desperate need for change. Enjoy. I'm joined by Daniel Friend and Chris Waring. Chris coming back for a second attempted above the horizontal by popular demand popular demand of course being just within the group we had a good time uh so welcome back to the show uh fired up for round two mate. excellent and uh and friendy nice to have you back as well uh you guys are both school teachers so you guys have the somewhat well-earned luxury of, of a bit of time off at the moment yeah, just woke up. How how is everyone? <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Uh, we're recording at quarter past three in the afternoon on Wednesday, so that's a pretty good effort there, Friendy. You also had a good effort, by the way, with the tips this week. Uh, seven out of eight. Uh, same with Miles and myself. We all just tripped at one particular hurdle. I think you and Miles both tipped the Knights against the Seagulls, and I was silly enough to tip the Cowboys against the Raiders. So that's where we fell down there. And no one got their bold predictions right in round five, so we'll try again in round six. But let's jump into some wild cards. And, friendly. seeing as though you got the most tips right, how about you go first?
1: Yeah, my wild card this week, Bo, uh, is the I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed award. Okay. And it goes to my Newcastle Knights. Uh, who cost me a perfect round, and they also, uh, speaking of the school, we're in a school tipping comp, and they have a few funky rules. One of them is a standout comp that runs as well. Basically, if you pick a team uh, and they win, you go on to the next week, you can't tip that team again, Mm -hmm. Um, and I was still in that. There was four teachers left, uh, and I've since been knocked out by my own team. So I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. (laughs) Oh, that uh, that really stings. I was um I was surprised
0: that you guys all seemed a bit confident that the knights were going to win last week, and I was I was sort of a bit more on the seagulls, and they surprised me because the seagulls won by a lot yeah. more than I thought they would. But um yeah, are you starting to think that maybe those first two wins were a bit of fool's gold with the knights, or are you confident they'll still make the eight?
1: Oh, we had a few players. Yeah, you you take Barnett, Clemmer, um. No fan of his, but Fitzgibbon and a couple of others. Adam Clune was kind of on one leg. Yeah, you take them out, and it's, it's hard to win. Anyone would struggle without a few of their top line forwards. So, yeah, I'll take it with a grain of salt. I think if Chris Randall scores that try, we lead at the break, and it could be a completely different game. But unfortunately, we showed no resilience, and Manley took advantage of that. It's worth mentioning that it was still a try in it until the last ten
0: minutes, and then the seagulls blew mm. it away. So it was a was a closer game than it, it appears, Chris. Um, yeah. Just quickly on the Knights, Chris, uh, do you think there's still a chance in the eight, considering how promising they were at the start, or are you starting to think they're a bottom eight side?
2: They're, I find them hard to gauge, to be honest. I, I still think they'll they'll probably scrape eight. I just think the uh, I like the forward pack. Uh, I, actually, I like the halves pairing as well. Um, but they they are notoriously hard to tip, so it's hard to get a gauge on them, to be honest. So you'd like
0: Clune and Clifford more than Hastings Brooks? Is that what we're saying?
2: I'm ready to make that declaration. <laughs> <early>. <laughs> what other declarations do you have? What's your wildcard award this week? All right, I've got the uh, the George Costanza award to Marcelo yes. Montoya. Oh, I nice. need to learn that there isn't anything wrong with that. <laughs> That's what I suggest uh so in of he got four weeks I say what you want about that but i think it's obvious that regardless of intent or not we just can't be having homophobic slurs picked up in you know the nRL's greater attempt uh to create a more welcoming game for everyone
0: yeah are you happy with the with the four weeks like that feels like the right kind of punishment and especially considering the fact that he unreservedly apologized and has vowed to learn his lesson from this
2: uh, I think four weeks is maybe a little bit heavy handed given the intent. I don't think it had a homophobic intent, but obviously it's a homophobic slur. Um, but I, I'm not like disgusted by it or anything like that, um, as most social media comment suggestions are putting forward.
0: Well, I'll. I'll just jump straight in there, because my wildcard award is very similar to yours, except it is more focused at the fans. It is the Doc Brown Award for traveling back to the 1950s, and it goes to the concerningly large group of rugby league fans on social media, because remind me again, like, what year is it? I was concerned when I heard the homophobic slur by Montoya, and like you, I don't think there was explicitly homophobic intent I think it was just a word that he's used forever in his life and he needs to just stop using that word because it's a bad word to use. But what really disgusted me was the amount of people jumping on the socials claiming it's just woke bullshit. Like, mate, every time I hear woke, it appears to be a synonym for the word decent. So so sign me up
2: for it. One of the most annoying comments was, oh, so you can smack someone in the head and, and, you know, like get this. But if you say a word and get this, well, you know, hitting people on tackles is a part of the, the sport of rugby league where using, you know, that slow isn't a, so, you know, a similar thing. It's just like the the comment section is a, you know, lukewarm IQ.
0: Well, it's it's lukewarm IQ and just filled with absolute gronks. So, uh, they get the Doc Brown Award. Friendia, I would like to tap into your brain on this one since we've, we've both raised it. Um, are you happy enough with the four weeks considering the
1: remorse and uh, and, you know, the significance of... What was said, well, the remorse is only there because they've found out it was him, isn't it? I guess four weeks seems okay. Um, it does make you wonder why Cameron Munster and Brandon Smith, amongst others, when caught with illegal substances, were only given one week. Uh, that is confusing to me. They're breaking the law. Montoyas morally isn't isn't right that's That's no question, but he gets four weeks, they get one. I don't know seems to be a bit odd in that respect but yeah I'm happy with four weeks seems fine to me you just can't say that don't say it
0: yeah it's going to be better as a society and I mean mm. to, to answer your question about uh, Munster and Smith I think they got away with the technicality that we can't confirm that the substance was anything other
1: than a, a white substance well, they uh, should have saved some so Volandis could have tested it himself <laughs> <laughs> there won't be uh, much left with his snoz.
0: yeah
1: Friendy, what did you learn this week? I learned this week that the Bunnies will miss Latrell Mitchell and the New South Wales Blues, potentially. Uh, so it looks like Luttrell's going to be out for an extended period of potentially eight weeks. They did have, on Channel 9 News last night, they had, um, yeah, forgive me for watching that, but they had, um, <laughs> they had a picture of uh, the Trollverine. So he's going to have crazy healing powers like Wolverine, apparently, but I can't see him being there for Origin 1. And I guess we've we've got to come up with something there. I do have a few theories. My first pick would just be Matt Burton, left-centre. Just put him there. Um, he's got that link with Cleary and Luai. He played with last year in that position. And I think that's a no-brainer for me. The other option, if they're determined to get someone else in there, then I'd be moving Tom to the left and I'd pick Zach Lomax on the right so I guess we'll see what happens, but my first option is is Matt Burton for sure. Very interesting, Chris. You're also a New South Wales fan.
0: Uh, do you like the Burton idea, or have you got your eye on somebody else?
2: I, I don't mind it. It's it's uh, it's lucky that position. There's there's quite a few people you could pick that I wouldn't be um, annoyed with, for example. But uh, a friendly touch, and my first pick would be Low Max swap swap Tom to the other side. But if it was Burton, I wouldn't have any complaint at all.
0: Speaking as a Queensland fan, I think the person I'm probably most scared of is probably Burton, um, because of that combination. Like you throw in Cleary, Luai, Yeo. Yeah. There's that, a, there's a ready built com, uh, combination there. You've also got Stephen Crichton that could perform exactly the same role. He's played right and left in his career. As you both mentioned, Travojevic could do that too. Um, a little bit lukewarm on Zach Lomax. I feel like he is a class player that could go to that level and explode. But he's had a really slow start to the year. And I kinda like it. When Freddie Fitler first came in as Blues coach, he went, yep, okay, reputations don't mean everything, and we're gonna pick on form. And that's how guys like Car got in. And, you know, it, that worked really well. So or by that rationale, you know, assuming that everyone's form stays exactly as it is now, I'd probably go, jeez, geez, even Crichton, maybe, um, on pure form. Uh, but time will tell. Friendy, while I've got you on that issue, um, uh, obviously Blake Taff will fill in that fullback for the Rabbitohs for the foreseeable. But with mm. considering their, um, you know, lack of depth
1: in the outside backs, do you think this is trouble for the Rabbitohs? Oh, potentially. I still think. The way the game's being played this year, it, it's back to that real—not um, completely back to how it was prior to um, PVL ball, but I think the forward pack has the big bearing on the outcome, and then on top of that, your halves and, and your outside backs sort of put the gravy or the cherry on top. Um, so I think if you've if your forward pack's fit, you can still win games. Yeah, I think that's probably
0: reasonable. Although I, I still feel like Latrell is that difference. Like he could be that expat that gives
2: them. Oh.
1: Yeah, he, Six he's wins instead of four, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. He he's an absolute like match winner, no doubt at all. Chris, what did you learn from round five? Uh
2: I think Matt Duffy's NRL's career is in trouble. Um he had an absolute shocker against um the Panthers. But I think it's more than that. I think it's um a procession from getting cut from the dragons, but obviously they now have Moses and by people at fullback, and if you're being cut for him, that's probably a dangerous sign. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the greater point off that Dusty's on a one year deal and the, the dogs are a bit uh, reticent about resigning him already. So I think his career is probably headed to the Super League. Second point on that, uh, we touched on it last week the greater problem with the Bulldogs and the expectations around them. You, you, when you watch them this year and they've always had, they've never been a like a bad team that has just, you know, just given up. There's always been, most weeks, there's been a bit of resolve and defensive effort. Um, I just don't think they're going to get anywhere until they fix their spine. Most of I think, needs to go. And I think Jeremy Marshall King needs to go as well. His service out of dummy half is just not good enough. Even though you have, you have good players there now. Obviously, Adakar is a really great culture pick, but he can only do so much in the wing. I'm not sure about Flanagan. I think they should stick with him for the season. But in terms of, you know, the great discussion about where the Bulldogs are signing all these players, I don't think it's, it's not going to be worth anything until they figure out what they want for their spine.
0: Well, okay, so there's some interesting points there. So, Reed Marnie is coming to the club next year. So, I think that's Felix fixes that Marshall King thing. Um, that's true. So, uh, they'll maybe persist with him for the rest of the year. The fullback's an interesting one because Dufty is only on a one-year deal. They've got Josh Adokar there on pretty impressive money for a winger. Is it as simple as biting the bullet, throwing the fox back there and seeing how it goes? I'll put Jake averillo
2: there. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Mm.
1: Give wow. him a crack. Why not? What do you got to lose? They're 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 going to run last, second last, whatever it is. Anyway, give the kid a go. We we've no doubt he's an outstanding running player. They obviously thought he was a creative player. Playing him in the seven the last year and a half, give him a crack. If he can if he can stomach it with his his engine, um, I think he'd be an outstanding fullback.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I think he has he definitely has a running game. He's obviously mm. not a uh a, an amazing playmaker, but he definitely has enough playmaking skill to be. At the back of the back line of third receiver. Yep. Um that's what I was thinking. I think they just need to bite the bullet in terms of, all right, um, if you're not gonna resign Dufty, there's really no point playing because you're not gonna make the final. So what's hmm. what's really the point? That's what I was that's what my suggestion was was yeah, I'd have Ad- Avril at the back, just acknowledge that this isn't a top eight year and then it's about building combinations for um, you know, like someone like Reed Money, who's one of the best hookers in the game, to foster that for the next season.
0: I like it. I like it. That's um that's one that I hadn't considered and it makes a lot of sense. So I like that. And in the theme of teams that are probably not gonna be in the run for the eight. Uh what I learned well what I confirmed, I think, is that much like the Labour government sort of ran with in the early seventies, it's time. It's time for a change. And with the Tigers, I feel like they're they're at that point, aren't they? Friendy's been Howling about the fact that Maguire is going to be the first coach gone. He's been saying it since the preseason. I'm fully on board with you, friendy. And I think it is the right move. And if, if they want to look at the blueprint for how to do this, you look at what the Sharks did. They, it was very controversial at the time. I remember a bunch of us were jumping up and down about it because John Morris had an okay record, but they, they just made the decision installed Josh Haney in there. He was okay for the rest of the season. And then they got Craig Fitzgibbon early. They earmarked him. They they were able to sell that vision to players. And then you get the likes of Nico Hines and Dalfa Nukan, who are hugely talented culture signings that can lead the club to hopefully higher honours. And it's we're seeing that, you know, it's been immortalised in a Matt Nabel promo this week about how good Dalfa Nukan <laughs> is. So, um, I... <laughs> I think it's time for the Tigers, and as a Tigers fan, Chris, uh, do you agree that it's you know it's it's about time?
2: Yeah, I 100 percent agree. It's been time for a while. I've always been kind of reticent. Um, last year, I've had the Madge situation, but this season has just been it's it's just so bad. And like I agree, I'm uh, um, seeing the Cronulla results this year has changed my mind. I think it's um, the season's over. You know, it's the zero and five. There's not a single chance. Like, we don't have Tom Dravovich in our team. There's the season's over. So it's about, you know, there's Isaiah Papili and you have uh, Abdikarasa coming next year, which on theory is decent signings. But, um, you know, you never know what Tiger signings, how they turn out. But it is time for to move on, get a, you know, just a good culture, younger coach, more player friendly coach in the interim, focus on building. Um, you know, skills and fostering relationships and getting something out of the season. And then my target, I want the Tigers to sign Cameron Serrado as head coach. Whether he wants it is another story. But again, I think they should follow that exact Cronulla blueprint. And on top of that, they should have shipped Luke Brooks out in the preseason when they had the chance. But now that's, I would doubt that's likely, but still, I would, I agree with you. I think they need to follow the Cronella uh, blueprint.
0: Uh, so I, I do want to spend a bit of time on the Luke Brooks thing, maybe a little bit later on, but so Karen Sorrell is an interesting choice for me. Is, is that because, uh, you've heard from good judges that he is the type of coach that's, you know, well connected to players and, and hopefully will be a bit of a lure for good players?
2: Yeah. I just, there's never really similar to Craig Fitzgibbon, uh, assistant coach in a really good system. There's like barely a word ever said, uh, barely a bad word ever said about him. Younger coach, more play, more player friendly rather than, I would say, the hard pass master, which I think Madge has just lost. He, he's still that angry coach, but he's lost that connection. And I think, I think that's the blueprint, um, especially for this generation of NRL players going forward. Apart from say, like, the, the Craig Bellamy, obviously what is overlooked is his connection to players and the, and the care he has. I'm not saying Madge doesn't have that, but it's just, it's just broken at the Tigers. And I think the youngness of Sorrell, though, the, uh, defensive prowess of the Panthers, all the good words you hear about him, just, I think he should be the target.
0: All right. Uh, Friendy, do you agree that it's it's time for Mads? You've been saying it for a while now. And
1: uh, and if it is, who's the right fit in your opinion, do you think? Well, I hadn't even thought of Cerrado, but I, I think everything Chris has said there, I reckon he's absolutely nailed. I reckon Justin Pascoe should have a listen on holidays. Um, <laughs> and get around that, because I was oh, I was going to say as well that the only thing that's going to fix that place, um, if you look at all the coaches that have previously been sacked, or basically the players have got them removed, really, and the only thing that's going to help that is the connection to the players. So whether that's through just showing a huge care factor for them, whether that's triggering, I know some of the Sharks players are really um, invested by what they're learning from Craig Fitzgibbon, and that's sort of, um, I don't know, like made their brains work a little bit in a different way or something like that and it's it's they've got to find something there that the players are going to buy into because constant just it sounds a bit silly saying not to work harder when they're getting flogged every week but they've got to find a way to make it enjoyable and make it fun to come to work and and play footy again because at the end of the day yes it is a job for them but they did start playing footy to to have fun and enjoy it with their mates and I cannot see one Tigers player at the moment that's enjoying that place, so training must be even worse. They've got to find that connection with the coach somehow, and I reckon Chris has nailed that. I totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, while Fitzgibbon
0: has maybe more of a pedigree as a player than a guy like Karen Serraldo, I think some fresh ideas, and you only have to look as far as the Australian men's cricket team to, like, Justin Langer is the Maguire type. He has been successful at times, uh, but there was just a friction with the largely middle millennial or entirely millennial team. And millennials are just coached differently to other people. And I think the older generation sometimes don't understand that to get the best out of a certain person, you have to adapt your coaching to that person. And we've just seen Andrew McDonald permanently uh, established for four years uh, in the Australian cricket team. So, you know, that's that's player power working in, in that direction. And let's see if it works for them. Uh, the Tigers could well do with a similar change, so I do agree. Uh, good call. And now it's time for... Phen- gee, I hate this word. Phenom- phenomenon. Phenomenal, Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal trivia. Hooray, yeah. Guys, you know how this works. Just use your but- uh, names as a buzzer. We've got three questions. One of them at the very start will be kind of a bit broad, kind of general, like, not really from the archives, and the next two are a bit more current. Can I get you to test your buzzer, please, Friendy? Friendy. And Chris? Chris. Alright, fantastic. Question one. Buzz in when you're ready. There's only one answer, but it's kind of a description. The 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 term bunnies annoys me personally. Because that's not what a rabid-o is. What is a rabbido? <laughs> Any, anyone know? Chris. Yeah, Chris? No. A hair? No, it's not a hair. It's not a hair. Friendy, you get a, an open
1: crack. Oh. Um, I will say Oh you know, a bunch of rabbits. It's not
0: a bunch of rabbits. It is a person who sells rabbits as food. That's what a wow. rabbit o is. So every time we sit there and say the bunnies like I get it, like everyone says it right, but like it's
1: kinda like mm. They're not bunnies. <laughs> they're, so, was they're just a bunch of dudes in red just flogging rabbits? Yeah, that's what a that's what a that's what a o is. Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, good times.
0: It's kind of like the cowboys, right? Like everyone sits there and goes, "Oh yeah, come on, the cows." And I'm like, cows, yeah. Fuck, they're not, <laughs> they're not cows. They're cowboys. Um, you can't you can't just like Bronx Broncos. It doesn't work like that, you know. Like anyway, rabbito is someone that sells rabbits as food. There you go. A little bit of trivia knowledge there for you guys. The next question is a bit more current. The first game of the year was between the Panthers and the Sea Eagles. Which player scored the most points that night? Chris. Chris. Uh,
2: Sean Sean
0: Sullivan. No, it was not Sean O'Sullivan. Friend, Did you get a free crack at this one. Stephen Crichton. It was Stephen Crichton. He had the goal kicking duties that night. He scored twelve points, a try and four goals. So make it clear, of course, unavailable with injury. So, Friendy, you're one up so far. Chris, you need this one. And I have not organised a tiebreaker, so let's see how we go. Um, <laughs> Latrell Mitchell was named at left centre for the entirety of the 2021 State of Origin Series. Who was the previous left centre for the Blues? Friendy. Yes, Frendy? Uh Jack Whiten. Jack Whiten. Very, very good. Well done. Phenomenal, Friendy. That's two out of three. Well, <laughs> well done, done, mate. <laughs> Phenomenal, stuff. Phenomenal stuff Phenomenal stuff
2: Phenomenal Phenomenal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to a phenomenal round 6 It starts off on Thursday night at 7.50 from GIO Stadium in Canberra It is the Raiders and the Cowboys For the Raiders Xavier Savage finally in the 17 He's been named on the bench While Cohen Hess returns for the Cowboys And I don't have a lot of confidence here in my Cowboys. I am going to tip them uh, because they're my team, but the Raiders at home worry me, and both teams have just been really inconsistent. Um, so I'll, I'll go the Cowboys, but Chris, how do you see this one panning out?
2: Uh, same as you. This is an absolute bludge at the tip. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Raiders, I think. I just think – I don't think they were awful last week. Honestly, I have no real reason why. It's like a coin flip. I'm just going to go the Raiders. And Freddie?
1: I'll be tipping the Raiders just at home. Uh, I still think the Cowboys struggle to
0: travel. They certainly do, and the Viking Horn may well get the Raiders home. Uh, The next game is on Good Friday at 4 p.m. from Accor Stadium. It is the
1: Rabbitohs and the Bulldogs. Frendy, any news on that one? Yeah, obviously the big news is Latrell Mitchell out for eight weeks. Blake Taff will take his spot at fullback. Um, There's a little bit of shuffling for the Dogs, but their squad is relatively similar. I'll be tipping the bunnies. I really enjoy this clash each year. Uh, I think there'll be a bit of old-fashioned fire and brimstone early, and then um, Cody Walker and the like will come to the fore, and, and the bunnies will sneak home. I will be tipping the the people who sell rabidos as food.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, who would you be going for? Yes, same. I'm going the the rabbit-o's, but but I don't think by a massive amount. Oh, interesting. I, I like that. That might
0: play into my bold prediction. Uh The, the next game on Good Friday is from 7.55pm at Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith. It is the Panthers and the Broncos. Chris, any any news there?
2: Uh Penrith unchanged. Of course, why would you change anything for them? And Payne Haas is out on the one-game suspension due to the uh infamous Kelly incident. So Corey Jensen comes in, freaks Kennedy on the bench. There is some doubt over Oates and Reynolds, but you would suspect they play. And I think the Panthers are going to absolutely wipe the floor with them.
0: I agree. I-, I liked it when you called it the infamous Kelly incident because it made me think of like Glenn Rowan or Stringy Buck Creek or something like you know, like <laughs> Ned Kelly. Um you know, I too am on the Panthers by Plenty. Friendy, what do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, Panthers by Plenty.
0: All right, Now uh, moving forward to Easter Saturday, in- from five thirty PM at four Pines Park. It is the Seagulls and the Titans. Morgan Harper is COVID. So Kula comes into his (laughs) center spot for Manly. The Titans lose uh, Corey Thompson and Kevin Proctor to bring in Brian Kelly and Sam Lasone, which I think could actually be a a couple of decent swaps for the Titans. I am going to go with Manly. I don't have a lot of confidence here. I just feel like they've shown a little bit more than the Titans have and they're at home. So Manly for me, Chris, who do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go Manly. I think they're, I think it's, there's just, I think they're just labelled as slow starters now. I think they're they're getting there as they go. Obviously, Tom Out isn't ideal, but I think they should get the job done.
0: And friendy? yeah, I agree. Mainly at home for me. Excellent. Uh, now this is probably the game of the round for me. Saturday, seven thirty-five pm from Amy Park in Melbourne. It is the Storm and the Sharks. Friendy, you had the honors.
1: Tyron Wishart in for the storm on the bench. Uh, that's probably their only major change. And the human handbrake, Aidan Tolman, he'll be back after his uh, COVID case for the Sharkies. Uh, it'll be, yeah, the biggest test for the Sharks and Nico Hines, I, I think, um, so far this season. They've been absolutely flying the Sharkies and Nico's been playing great. But I did notice they made plenty of errors last week. It was just fortunate that they were playing the Tigers and eventually their class came through. But I'll be tipping Melbourne. Uh, very hard to beat down there. Chris, what do you think about this one?
2: Yeah, similar to Friendly. I'm, I'm going to go to Storm. I am um, interested in this. I think it is, a, um, like I mentioned, it's a good test for the for the Sharks to add. Um, same, uh, I'm going to go to Storm. Yeah. Despite the scoreline and again the opponent helped, I don't think the sharks are really that impressive last week. That their attack was um kind of pedestrian, to be honest. Obviously it didn't really matter in the end, but I'm gonna go the storm. Obviously,
0: we're not a we're not a betting podcast, and uh, anyone that does bet, I encourage them to do it responsibly. Um, I'm going for the Storm as well, but the Sharks might offer some pretty good value if you are that way inclined. Keep an eye out for that one because I think they're, I think they're at pretty long odds, and uh, yeah. and they're quite a good team. And the Storm were beaten down in Melbourne only a couple of weeks ago by the Eels, so uh, it could be closer than we all think. But I I too am going for the Storm. Uh, let's move forward to the Chalkies, Easter Sunday at 2 p.m. from the SCG. It is the Roosters and the Warriors. Chris, how do you see this one?
2: Takeaway, I hope back from calf injury. Sam Verrills starts at nine, plays his first game of the year. Uh, Montoya's obviously out. The Warriors come, uh, DWC comes back in. Uh, I think the Roosters, I've kind of, I've lost, I don't know, the Warriors, they're, they're getting some games here and there, but I'm just not convinced. By them, really. I'm going to go the Roosters probably by 13 plus, I reckon.
0: Yeah, they, they kind of like lost less than the Cowboys last week, the Warriors. Like, neither team really yeah. won that game. You know, it was, it was the Warriors just lost it a bit less uh, as it turned yeah. out. I too am going for the Roosters. I think Sam Beryl's is a big inclusion because um, it frees up Connor Watson to play his best position, which is everywhere on the field, wherever he's
1: needed. Yeah. Um, so I think Roosters, friendly. what do you make of it? Yeah, I think the Roosters might start a bit of a run now with um, their recognised number nine back, Sam Ferrell. So I'll be tipping the Roosters. And I think, yeah, just watch for him to start stringing a few together. Yeah, I can sense that as well. Uh, later on Sunday, it's the Dragons and the Knights
0: at 4.05 from Wynn Stadium. Friendy, any team news
1: on that one? Yeah, the bad boys, uh, Maguire and Fui Maiano, are back for the Dragons. Uh, the big news for Newcastle, much-needed return of David Clemmer. an international man of mystery, Edric Lee, is finally back on the wing for the Knights after... <laughs> oh, he's been away for ages. Um, must have been shooting a movie or something. Um, so this game, I think, is incredibly important for both sides. I, I don't like that it's in St. George, but I'll be tipping Newcastle, and hopefully they can get the Chockeys on the Sunday. Unfortunate for Dominic Young, he got injured, but
0: Edric Lee's a... a f- a, almost a like for like replacement. So that's not so bad for the Knights. I too am going to go for the Knights. They've shown me a little bit more this year so far. Chris, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I think the Maguire's back is good for the Dragons. I'm going to go the Dragons. I'm, I'm finding the Knights incredibly hard to tip. Mm. I just, I have, I just have some faith in the Dragons for some reason. I really like their, their forward pack. Um, I don't agree with the full back selection, but I still think there's enough there and Newcastle been relatively inconsistent obviously Clemens back to the big in but I'm going to go the Dragons
0: okay that'll be a good interesting game on Channel 9 on Sunday and then of course it's Easter Monday so a public holiday for everybody so there is a game on from 4 p.m. at Combank Stadium out west of Sydney it is the Eels and the Tigers Chris there now I've I set you up last week saying that there was plenty of team news for the Tigers there is actually team news
2: this time yep uh- Few deck chairs have been shuffled on the on the Titanic. Um, <laughs> so Dan Laurie's been named after he was out with COVID last week. So that pushes Premier Star uh, Premier Reserve Star Patel to the wing. <laughs>
1: um,
2: so that means Kamaloo has been dropped. Captain's been dropped. So, all right. You also have Jackson Hastings is back, but he moves to seven, which pushes Brooks to six. Which there was apparently some big news about Brooks, but it's just moving a position over. So that pushes Jock Madden to 14. And that means Tyron Peachy is dropped. Another captain James Roberts is back as well, but Luke Garner stays at center. So that results in Oliver Gildard being dropped. And then a straight swap, Jacob Little has been dropped for Jake Simpkin. And then for Parramatta. So I think Walker Blake's out for about two months with a knee injury, which is, I think he's actually been, I think his move to the wing has been really good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't, doesn't have to dummy and go as much. He can just put his head down and run. So Nia Corey comes to center. Um, Panasini goes out to the wing yeah pretty chaotic um, but probably much needed but I don't think they've missed one change which I think needs to be made but yeah um, I think I'm going to this game I've been reeled in somehow to watch a bloodbath I think the eels are going to absolutely destroy them
1: yeah I I think the eels as well Friendy, do you agree? yeah well Madge must have had a really long song on for musical chairs this week because they've (laughs) all moved everywhere um but not much will change and the Eels will dish up a big loss to the Tigers again unfortunately.
0: I'll start I just want to talk just a little bit about this loop Brooks situation. Friendy, first of all, do you see much significance in the swap of the numbers essentially? Well,
1: I'd be giving Hastings all the good ball, that's for sure. And to be honest, I'd be playing Madden. I'd just cut the cord, Madge Brooks has gotta go. Get him out of there. He um yeah, it's it's just not working, Chris. While while Dewey's not available,
0: I assume you also uh, would prefer a uh, Hastings Madden combination. Do you think this move is going to influence anything at all?
2: No, nothing. Yeah. Um, again, like the like, Jock Madden is only what played seven or eight games, and I, I don't think he's been awful in a team that has just been smashed every week he's played. Um, He's shown more promise in a kicking game, I think, than Luke Brooks. I think he's probably a better playmaker. Again, if you if you're going to be 0-7, 0-6, 0-8 throughout the season, surely you'd rather a guy that is you know really early twenties played about ten games rather than someone that's literally pretty will cool pass two hundred games this season without anything to show for it. And again, that's not that's not saying that you know drop Brooks it will be fine. I think that take is pretty idiotic. But it's just you know, like Fran said, enough's enough. He needs to go. He needs to to go somewhere else.
0: One thing I really respect about Todd Payton, who catches some fire from Cowboys fans, but he has Valentine Holmes sitting there on like a million bucks, and that's way overpaid for what he is, even as a fullback. But he's decided that the best fit for his team is not to have him at fullback, right or wrong, and he's moved him to the centres after spending some time on the wing. And it's actually brought out some pretty good football in Valentine Holmes, and I think it's a better fit for the Cowboys. And I, I respect the fact that he inherited this salary cap situation and he's going, right, well, I'm just going to make the best of it and put him where he needs to go for the team. And uh, Madge could maybe do with having a bit of steel balls on that front, you know, just maybe, maybe Brooks, maybe Brooks goes to the 14 role and swap him with Madden. Maybe that's well, something.
2: I Yeah. I've thought that Brooks should be, if you're going to play him, I think he should be nine. He's not bad defensively, but he, he just should not be in the
1: halves anymore. I don't think you need, Balls of steel or anything like that. Say, mate, you're playing shit. Go to reserve grade. Bye. Yep. <laughs> that's it. I'm the coach. I'm your boss. You're not doing your job. Any other workplace, if you're not doing your job, you're you're back to Reggie's or you're out the door. Sorry, Luke. You're not doing your job. Bye. Yep. That's it. <laughs> well, it sounds it sounds like uh and that's the kind of coaching
0: I would love to see. Uh, I'd love to see that, Frandy. So, uh it, have you thought about
1: coaching uh, in the NRL? Oh no, nah, no chance. <laughs> but it, it it can't be that hard, can it? Like Madge, you're you're in charge. You're the boss. You're not going to be here next year anyway. Pull the trigger, mate. Maybe something will happen that will keep you here because what you're doing now is not working. Yeah, what's that
0: saying about doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, Hmm. right? Um, Speaking of different results, none of us got our bolts last week. Let's change that. Chris, what is your bolt prediction for round six? Uh, I want to go Penrith by 30+. plus. Penrith by 30-plus against the Broncos. They're playing at home, of course, on Good Friday. Uh, I think that's a pretty reasonable shout, but just bold enough to make it bold,
1: so I like it. Freddie, what's your your bold prediction this week? Uh, My bold this week, Bo, involves my mate Edric Lee, who's back. The Knights will have a win, and he will score two on his return from hiatus. Nice. And that might just be enough to get him in a Queensland side the
0: way that the Queensland side is going. <laughs> uh, he has played there before, of course. Uh, my bold prediction is I've noticed that there's been a few, uh, bigger margins recently. I'm going back. I want, I want, I want yeah. that to stop. So I'm going to go with five games decided by 10 points or less. That's, that's what I've gone with as my bold prediction this week now shout out time guys thank you so much for your for your time this
1: episode friendy any uh, anyone caught your eye any shout outs this week? My shout out this week is a real simple one. I just like to uh wish all our listeners a really good long weekend have a ripper and eat some chocolate oh yeah how like, how do you have like a an average of how much chocolate you eat on easter i mean, I'm not a huge chocolate person i'll um I'll substitute it with beers this weekend. We've got our end of season cricket trip so I'll um yeah I'll rip into some of those instead. <laughs> uh, Chris, you you wouldn't mind a chocolate here or there, would you?
2: Uh, I do like chocolate. I also like beer as well. Not together, <laughs> yeah. but try beer. <laughs> uh, what's your shout out this week? Uh, I'm going to go to the NBA playoffs to starting. Uh, Minnesota won their playing tournament. They were acting like they had won the finals, and at first I thought, well. That's a little bit embarrassing, but then I imagine myself as a Tiger's making the same play at the top eight, I probably do the same thing. So I'm glad it's starting because it's given me something to watch. Uh Who's going to win, do you think? The finals. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna s I'm going to, I think, Phoenix Suns.
0: Phoenix Suns. Very interesting. I embarrassed myself the other day. We had a trivia question and it was like, name three uh, like uh flying creatures that are NBA emblems. And I'm just like, uh, Phoenix? And someone's like, that's that's the sun's bow you idiot and i'm like all right cool no mind Uh, my my shout out uh last but certainly not least is to the roosters nrlw side uh which is the first club to claim that title apart from the brisbane broncos well done to the roosters nrlw side and of course to the dragons who were the runners up they were leading 4-0 for a whole bunch of that game and they had a really great year so congrats to both clubs uh doing better than the broncos this year and especially to the roosters well done go the girls Above the Horizontal is brought to you by The Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panelists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson, and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.